Hey guys, who's, um, who's been enjoying the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 7? Who's been finding it, who's been finding it difficult? Yeah? I've been studying these three chapters for the last four months and I found them really difficult. Um, so let me tell you about a book, another book which you could get if you're up for a challenge. This is a pretty difficult book. But it's super, super helpful. It's by a guy named Don Carson, who was out at our church last year. Um, and he's, he's one of like the leading intellectuals in, in um, Western Christian culture. He's a really good dude. And this whole book is he's just digging into these three chapters. And so if you're up for a challenge, if you want to go deeper into the Sermon on the Mount, I recommend you grab this. It's 15 bucks. And it's one of those books that if you're a Christian until you die, a true Christian... It'll always be good to have on your shelf. I reckon I'll be coming back to it for the rest of my life. So there's that. Uh, In your booklet, we're on page 33, so open up to that. 36. Thanks, guys. All right. And I'll pray. Go ahead, pray with me. Father, we thank you so much that we just heard you speak to us. We thank you for preserving your word in the Bible, that it is you speaking, and we are so grateful, Father, we get to hear you once again this morning. We pray, Father, um, that we will hear your word and understand it. Um, Father, please help me to speak the truth. Please help the kids to be attentive and to understand and to be moved toward greater holiness and obedience to their King. And we pray, Father, that more people would put their faith in Jesus today and be saved from an eternity of wrath to an eternity of life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, giving to charity is often an evil thing. It looks good. There's someone in need, perhaps an orphan or a starving child, or someone who's been abused, and um, you know, your, your average Aussie sees that on TV, and they think, yeah, I'm going to give money. And in the end, God will condemn them for it. You see, it's hard to see when something is a good deed or not. It's very possible for you to give money away to charity and that be an evil thing. It's very possible for you to help out a friend and that be an evil thing. Or to pray to God and that be evil. Now, I hope you're sitting there going, what? Well, this is why. Everything you do has a motive behind it. And your motive is... Um, your reason for doing it. So when you eat lollies, it's because my motive is I'm hungry and lollies taste heaps good, so I want to eat them. That's my motive for eating lollies. I, I need a volunteer, someone who likes to sit there and look pretty. Yeah, Lockie. You know how, you know how Lockie just won that? He went like this. And that's my kind of humour. Lockie, come sit down with me. We, actually, let's sit down in the front. No, no, let's sit here because there's a squish banana. Sit down there. We're going to... Thanks, mate. We're going to watch TV together. And we're watching TV. So you guys, this is, this is the TV out in front. We're just two mates. We're just hanging out, watching TV. Oh, a World Vision ad. Oh. Wait. Uh, Mr. Oh, Hey, yeah, World Vision. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to donate $1,000. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? You're going to put my name in the paper for it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, my name's Dan Ford. That's D-A-N-F-O-R-D. Yeah, yeah, cool. And when, when's that going to come out? Because I want to make sure I can take a photo of the article and paste it on, post it on Facebook so my friends see. Yeah. Oh, cool. No, thank you. You're, you're very good. Yeah, thanks. Hey, I, I don't know if you just heard, but I just gave away $1,000. <laughs> Oh, you were great. That was heaps good. Everybody, give luck a hand. He looked very pretty. All right, now, what was my motive for giving away that money? Was it to help people? Or was it so that my mate would think I was awesome? Which one do you reckon? First one? Second one? The second one. Yeah, my motive wasn't actually to help. My motive was to make much of me. Now, what do you call a person like that? You call them a hypocrite. Now, I want to ask the question today, are Christians in danger of this? Are Christians in danger of being hypocrites? And don't answer yet. Let's review so far what we've seen of the citizens of the kingdom. And then we'll ask the question, okay, are citizens of the kingdom in danger of becoming hypocrites? So on the first day, we saw what the model citizen of the kingdom looks like. He's blessed. He's the blessed one, the truly blessed. And why? It's because he's a citizen of the kingdom. You don't get more blessed than that. And seeing as though he's a citizen, when he mourns, he's blessed because there's comfort in the kingdom. And when he hungers and thirsts after righteousness to obey his king, he's blessed because there's righteousness to be had. And when he's merciful to people, he's blessed because there's mercy to come to us in the kingdom. And then yesterday, in in the rest of chapter 5, we saw what is required of the citizens of the kingdom. And and we saw that Jesus requires perfect righteousness from his citizens, that we should strive to do all we can to live lives in obedience to our king. We should strive for perfect righteousness, going to great lengths to obey our king. And so, as you can imagine, anyone who's doing this, anyone who's taking their obedience to Jesus seriously is going to stand out. Now, you, you guys probably even know some people like this. You probably think of some people like this, where you go, yeah, they, they take their obedience to Jesus seriously, and they stand out for it. And they stand out because they will love their enemies, and they will be merciful to people, and they'll pray for those who do bad to them, and they'll turn the other cheek when abused, and they'll put other people first, They'll do all they can to be godly. And so, they'll stand out from the world. Now, is there a danger for the citizens of the kingdom to be, that they could become hypocrites? The answer is yes. Because how can we be sure that the things we're doing for God really are for God? You see, obedience to Jesus will make you stand out. You'll be noticed by people. And sinners, which we all are, we like being noticed by people. Yeah? We like it when people think we're awesome. We like it when people think that we're selfless and humble, which is very funny. We like it when people think we're godly, righteous Christians. And so there is a danger that Christians 
will become hypocrites. I'm pretty sure you guys all know what hypocrites are by now. Um, We heard this a little while ago. A hypocrite is a mask wearer, someone who says one thing but does another. Yeah? Um, So, for instance, um, be quiet! It's a library! That's being a hypocrite. I'm telling people to be quiet by being really loud. Um, and now, this is, this is one way that I've noticed that year seven and eight boys, and possibly the girls as well, you guys are hypocrites, and I think leaders, you'll be able to confirm this. This happens without a doubt every week at youth. I'll see someone doing something silly. I'll come over and I'll say, look, Aiden. No, you're in your nine. Sorry, not you. Um, Look, can you stop doing that? And you do this immediately. Oh, he was doing this to me. It wasn't me. I was doing this. He threw this at me first. I did that. You guys are being hypocrites because you're acting as if you are completely innocent, like you're the victim. Leaders, am I right? Does this happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys, you guys are being hypocrites in that situation. Does that happen with the girls? Yeah, yeah. So you guys have been... <laughs> Maddie, what do you know? <laughs> so in that situation, you guys are being hypocrites. And so in our passage, Jesus is saying that there is a danger that Christians become hypocrites. And this is how we stop doing righteous things for God. And instead, we do it to be noticed by people. We do it to be seen. And Jesus knows this. And so therefore, after setting the standards for the kingdom, after going, here's where you've got to strive for, the next thing he does is he says, be careful. Have a look at chapter 6, verse 1, the first verse in our passage today. He says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus warns his followers, be careful. Be careful not to practice your righteousness to be seen. Because if you do, you have no reward from God. Now, that, this verse, this is like the big purpose statement of our chunk. It's like the big main point. It's the heading. It's like if you're going to write an essay, you put the head, or I don't know, you're writing a story or something, you put the heading up the top and then you flesh it out. This is the big purpose the rest of this part of chapter 6. It's don't practice your righteousness to be seen. And then what Jesus does underneath that is he goes on and he gives three examples of righteous deeds that these guys would have practiced. And he talks about the three things being uh, giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. And he talks about how these three good things, these three good deeds can be done hypocritically. And he also talks about how we can avoid doing them hypocritically. And so this is what I want us to look at. How can you and I avoid being hypocrites in our Christian walk? And along with Jesus' three examples of giving to the poor, praying and fasting, he gives us three ways to avoid being a hypocrite. He gives us a command, a warning and a message of hope. So let's dig through those three things. First of all, the command. How can we avoid being a hypocrite? Follow this command. Practice righteousness in secret. Now before I show you Jesus say this, 
Um, let's just get clear about what practicing righteousness means. If I said to you, um, Lord Voldemort practices evil, what do you think I'd mean? What do you think I mean by that? I mean, what I mean by that is he does evil stuff. He continually does evil stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, if I said to you, practicing righteousness, that just means doing good stuff. It's pretty simple. Um, Jesus says. Practice righteousness in secret. Have a look at verse 2. He says this, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Now, there's two ways of practicing a righteous deed. You can do it. Um, you can, uh, sorry, there's, there's two ways of, of giving to the needy. You can do, you can give to the needy and make a big deal about it so others will see you, or you can do it secretly. Now, and we get this picture here of guys going into the synagogues, which is like the old school version of church, and blowing trumpets. Now, let's see if I can do this. Hey, everyone, I just gave to the needy. Can you imagine if someone actually did that in our church? We would freak out. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Practice your righteousness in secret. Don't go making a big deal about it. Do it secretly. In fact, he uses over-the-top language to make this point. He says, have a look at verse 3. He says, When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Be so quiet about the good stuff you're doing for God that your left hand doesn't even see when you give money to church. He says, be quiet about practicing your righteousness. Now, let's have a look at the next two examples that he gives. So jump to verse 5 where he starts talking about prayer. Verse 5. When you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. These guys go up, they go on the street and in church and stuff, and they stand on the corner and they go like this. God, I pray to you now. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are so good. And they kind of, they do these ones where they're praying like this with their eyes open, I mean closed. They're going, God. Thanks, God, that you are heaps good. Doing that? They're being hypocrites. And Jesus says, don't do that. Pray in secret. Jesus says, practice your righteousness in secret. Have a look at verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Pray in secret, he says. Now, he's not saying we can't pray together. The point he's making is, don't pray to impress people like a hypocrite. Let's have a look at the last one, fasting. This is a bit of a weirder one for us, but fasting just means giving up food for a time. So if you think of the 40-hour famine, you're fasting for 40 hours. All right, so Jesus tells these guys, um, they're fasting and they're, they're making a big deal about it they're actually, they're trying to make themselves look unwell. They're trying to make themselves look like they haven't had food. 
And so that everyone will know, oh, that guy's heaps godly. Look how unwell he is. He must be fasting. And have a look at verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus says, make sure others don't even know that you're fasting. Do it in secret. You guys get it? Now I want to ask you guys, when you do good things, when you try and obey God, do you do it so that others will see you? So when you do stuff like, um, like praying for people or reading your Bible, serving in the band at youth, um, helping your mum in the kitchen, putting others first, giving money to EV youth, to the work of the gospel, when you do that, are you, see, are you secretly hoping that someone will see you and pat you on the back? Are you hoping that someone will actually see you and tell you about how good you are? Or, stretching it a bit further, do you, do you brag about how good you do at school? Do you, do you really hope that people will see that A-plus you got on your essay? Do you want people to see how good you are at sport? And you make sure, you know, you, when you score the try, you run past that, that pack of people so that people will see how good you are. Guys, be careful not to obsess over what other people think of you. Now, put your hand up if you ever worry about what people think of you. I reckon this is just about every single one of us. And if just then you didn't put your hand up or it took you a while to put your hand up, it's most likely because you were worried about what people would think of you when they found out that you worry about what they think of you. Does that make sense? We are all guilty here. I just proved your guilt. Am I right? Wrong. I reckon we're all guilty and we all need forgiveness. And so that's why the gospel is such good news. Praise God that he sent us a saviour. It's really good news that he's done that. But let's work, let's keep working at obeying Jesus and keeping his command to practice righteousness in secret. And so here's my challenge for you. I challenge you to do things to serve God and not tell anyone, not tell anyone about it. Serve God in a way that's secret, that no one will see. Do good deeds and don't speak a word about them to anyone. Help clean the house and don't make a big deal about it. Give money to the gospel ministry that goes on at church and don't tell anyone. Today, I challenge you to do something good and not tell anyone. I reckon you'll struggle. I reckon when you do it, you will struggle not to tell someone. But keep practicing that. Keep obeying that command of Jesus. The second way that Jesus shows us we can avoid being hypocrites is by a warning. And the warning is this. Point number two, if you're taking notes. Practicing righteousness to be seen will leave you with nothing. Have a look at verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Have a look at verse 5. 
When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And verse 16, when you pray, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, why do they give to the needy? Why do they pray? Why do they fast? Do they do it to please God? No, they do it to be seen and honored by others. And so what's the result for them? We saw it in each verse. They've received their award in full. They get honored by people and some people will praise them. Some people think they're awesome, but that's it. It's done. And do you remember the big purpose statement of this chunk? Chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness to be seen by others. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. If you practice righteousness to be seen, God won't reward us for it in heaven. You might have people praise you here and now. People might go, oh, you're heaps good. But in the end, you'll be left with nothing. I have a mate who, um, who one day I asked if he would come to Erin Affair with me. And he said, oh, sorry, man, I can't come. I can't afford it. But he couldn't, it, it, it wasn't that he didn't have money. He's, he told me that the reason he couldn't afford it was because every time he goes to Erina, he always just ends up pulling out his wallet and giving away all his loose change and all his notes to the charities. You know, people hold out with charity buckets. He said, I can't afford it because I'll end up leaving Erina with no money. I always give my money away to all the charities. Now, why did he tell me that? Was, I reckon this is why he did it. He was looking for me to praise him. He was looking for me to tap him on the back and go, man, you are so good. Oh, I'm heaps impressed with you. But it was actually quite funny. I'm often evil like he was in that situation. And so I knew what he was doing. And so I didn't praise him. I just got all awkward about it. And I was like, ugh, this is weird. And so I didn't praise him. I'm sure I hit it a little bit better than that. But I knew what he was doing. And so I didn't pat him on the back. I kind of just got a bit awkward and went, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. But even if I did praise him, even if I did say, oh man, you are so good, 20 seconds later, my praise is done. He's received his reward in full. That's all he gets. He gets one tap on the back, one guy thinking he's cool for a little bit, and then it's it. It's over. So every time you catch yourself hoping people will notice when you do good stuff, remember this warning. If you practice righteousness to be seen, God won't reward you for that. You'll have no reward from God in heaven. Now, I've got to be clear in this. Um, We will fall. We will fall in this, Christians. Whilst we wait for the kingdom to come in all its fullness and for Christ to return, wrap up history, and make us perfectly righteousness, we will fail. I catch myself doing this regularly. I hope people will see good stuff I do and pat me on the back. I'm a hypocrite. And the thing that we've got to do in those situations and the things I need to do in those situations is three things. We've got to confess, repent, and praise. If you can take a notes, write this down. We've got to confess it to God and we've got to ask for forgiveness for being a hypocrite. Repent 
ask him to help you turn around. Ask him to help you do good stuff for him and not for people. And then you praise God because we know because of Jesus, he will forgive us. He does forgive us. So praise God, thank him because he sent Jesus to make us righteous. That's the warning. The final thing Jesus does, the final way he helps us avoid being a hypocrite is by a message of hope. And it's this, practicing righteousness for God leads to rewards. Now let me show you through the three examples Jesus gives again. So have a look at verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, for that, uh, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what he's doing in secret will reward you. Verse 6. But when you, go, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what he's done in secret will reward you. And verse 17. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When citizens of the kingdom practice righteousness to please God, God will reward us. He loves it. Every good deed we do, our heavenly father sees and he loves to reward his people. And so on judgment day, when we stand before God, every single thing we've done and every good thing we've done will be laid bare. And God will see it. We will all see. And every good thing we've done to please him will be rewarded for. Every time you've given up time you could have spent doing th other things, you've given that up to read your Bible, God remembers that. He sees it. And he will reward you. Every time you put someone else first and denied yourself, God sees that, he remembers it, and he will reward you. This is awesome news. So be encouraged. When you obey God simply to please him, he will reward you for that. Now this is worth saying and clarifying. All Christians will be rewarded in heaven with 100% complete everlasting joy. Every single Christian, 100% complete, everlasting joy. All of us, because we will be with God face to face, God with man. And so you don't need to worry. You don't need to think, oh, I didn't work hard enough in this life as a Christian. Now heaven is going to suck. It doesn't work like that. That's not how it works. We will all receive 100% everlasting joy. We, will, we get a glimpse in this in the Beatitudes, the first things we looked at. Um, the outcome of all the blessings there of, of being a mourner, of being meek, of hungry and thirsting after righteousness, we will all be comforted. We'll all inherit the earth. We'll all be filled with righteousness, every Christian. So if you're a Christian, look forward to that. But know this as well. God will also reward us for individual righteous deeds that we do and that we have done here. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So yes, all Christians receive everlasting joy, but there are also rewards 
to be received or to be missed out on depending on how much we seek to please our Father whilst here on earth. And so if you're a lazy Christian, if you don't take pleasing God very seriously, then you will miss out on some rewards. 100% joy, yes, but you will miss out on some rewards. Now that's confusing. I don't get how it all works, but that's what we see in the Bible. And so why do you guys practice your righteousness? It's funny how um, some, a seemingly good deed can actually be evil in God's eyes. Giving money to a charity can actually be an evil thing. What looks like righteousness is, can be hypocritical. So why do you practice your righteousness? Do you practice righteousness for the sole purpose of pleasing your heavenly Father? That's what God wants from us. He doesn't want us to do good things to be seen by others. He wants us to do good stuff to please Him, to live for Him. And I want to just remind you quickly of the three things Jesus has given us to help us do that. The command, practice righteousness in secret. Pray to God quietly by yourself, not to be seen or heard. Give money to the work of telling people about Jesus and don't tell anyone about it. He gives us a warning. He says, Practicing righteousness to be seen will leave you with nothing. And he gives us a message of hope. Practicing righteousness for God leads to rewards. God sees all things. He knows all things. And so when you do things for him, he'll reward you for it in heaven. That's the message of this chunk of chapter 6. Now I just want to have a little kind of aside a, little, a word about being cool, and then I'm done. So let me have a little rant on this, and then we'll finish up. I reckon everyone in your seven to nine worries about being cool. I reckon you all worry about being accepted and having other people like you. I understand that. I get that. I've been your age. Um, and now I, I could ask you to put up your hands again if you do worry that people will think you're cool, but I'm not going to embarrass you all. We'll just assume that we would all have to put our hand up. And so I, I just want to warn you guys and encourage you guys. Um, if you say you're a Christian and you spend more time thinking about what people think of you and if people think you're cool, you're being a hypocrite. If it's true that there is a God, that he is the creator, of, the creator and the king of the entire universe, that he created life, then that means life is about him. That's the truth. Life isn't about looking cool in front of your friends. Life's about God. If it's true there is a God, then life is about him. And so in everything you do, be putting God first. Do it all for him and not for others. That's work at not being hypocrites. How about I pray? Father God, um, we recognize that, that you are the creator and you are the king and you created life and therefore that means that life belongs to you and all life is about you and our lives are for you. And Father, we are, um, we are all thoroughly broken people shot through with sin um, 
but you've saved us in Jesus. And for that, we are, we are very thankful. Um, please, Father, help us now to do everything we do for you. Help us not to do things to be seen, but to live lives of righteousness for you. Um, for we have seen today that that will leave us with nothing if we practice righteousness for others. And so, Father, please reshape the way we think and help us to live for you. Help us to push on toward greater obedience and holiness and help us to remember Jesus' encouragement in this. In Jesus' name, amen.